The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's happy. Welcome back to the podcast day. We're happy you're with us. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> I think we missed International Podcast Day the other day. We did. We, we were we – were, here, here's the thing. Uh, appropriately, we were actually somewhere international but not podcasting on International Podcast Although day. we did podcast, so, uh, just yeah. not on the day. But all right. So we missed exactly. it. That's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks but we for made joining one, us. It, we made one internationally, so maybe that counted. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So I suppose that counted. Well, uh, we're thrilled that you're with us, guys, and uh, having some fun. You have posted some great Facebook questions here, which we're going to get to. Yeah, tons of good ones. And uh, a couple of great car debates. They're always great, right? This is uh, is going to be fun. I like the fact that we go through and we try to find ones that are unique or different. I mean, sometimes we end up in the same recommendations now and then, but – but I really like having just variation in what we're ta- trying to talk about. I always lo- love that. Yeah, we do. We've got John, who I'm not sure where he's writing from, but he is 32. He has a daughter who is 11 years old, and he has a variety of things that he needs his next car to do. And he mm-hmm. was really yep. excited to hear that when we were doing debates and debating for people, so he wrote in. So thanks for joining us, John. We are going to cover you. Uh, he'd like to keep it under 25000 so I'm going to really try hard. I really am. But I think I <laughs> found you know, some good there's, stuff. There's a new trend. I don't know if you've noticed. There's a new trend where people are actually calling out. In fact, our second uh, debate tonight is from Jason, and Jason actually has coined a term. He has coined a <laughs> yeah. term called the Paul, the Paul Limiter. The Paul Limiter is like a yeah. speed limiter, but it's set by those listening to the podcast <laughs> who need to actually prevent you from just going off wildly into doubling their budget. So we're, we're setting up a new thing on the podcast this evening. Maybe it's part of the drinking game, but we're going to enact the Paul limiter going forward. I'm always hitting the throttle over here, and I, yeah, you're, you're limiting me. All right, all right. Fine, we'll deal with the 40,000 range. No, Jason's got a great one here. Exactly. He's uh, turning in the Volkswagen, the 2013 Passat mm-hmm. uh, SEL TDI with 101,000 miles. And what I love about this whole Volkswagen debacle is everybody who is getting rid of their VW diesel is writing to <laughs> us. It's making yes. all this great discussion for us, which is awesome. So we're going to get to we that. We could Jason. almost do like a few weeks of just TDI <laughs> podcasts. We won't because that's going to get repetitive. But but it is amazing how many people just in the last few months have written about that. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there's actually a contributor we have on our website now. Thanks, JP, that has written in about his experience on uh, – on trading in a car TDI, how he's actually gone about getting mm, his refund yeah, numbers right. and all of that kind of thing. Hopefully that's an ongoing series as he moves forward. He's going to kind of share with us firsthand how that's happening. Because obviously Paul and I aren't going through it, but we wanted to kind of share some firsthand info with you guys. So that is an ongoing series on the website. And actually every now and then I write something for the website when I can find the time. I should say, though, uh, mm. time is becoming awfully scarce because, you know, we dropped that BMW teaser today, the day we're recording this. You're listening to yeah. it Friday, but the day yeah. before we dropped that BMW teaser Many of you are thoroughly enjoying that. I'm really glad we have some great footage. But the release date for that film is in December, and that's coming up awfully quickly. And I'm realizing 
we may have to actually throttle back on a few of the other pieces we're releasing just to give me some wide open space to edit. <laughs> but we're not going to decide that yet, but it's starting to feel a little daunting on this end of the world. I don't think anybody will mind, really. I mean, the film, yeah, if you haven't seen that trailer, it dropped today. The film is Icon, and it is the uh, it is going to be very similar to the 9-11 film. A lot of you have asked mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. We have gotten back to that approach and driven all the generations back to back and included the 1M and the M2 in the film. Yep. And we are looking forward to sharing that with you. But, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody will mind too much if you, uh, you know, we need to sort, you know, some, some content between now and when the film drops. And that makes just, four, we, four films. That'll be, that'll be our fourth feature film. My point is we just may need to shift some priorities. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. We may need to shift some priorities as we get closer. But uh, talk to me in two or three weeks when the, uh, the, when the <laughs> reality is really dawning and I'm a little frightened. Uh, but, uh, yeah. You know, speaking of uh, weird things going on and, and trying to figure out priorities, I was just thinking this past week, huh, Okay, some point soon, probably going to put on winter tires. This morning, I opened my garage to find uh, my FRS sitting there, as it always is, on its Pilot Super Sports that it's been on all summer, and the temperature was 29 degrees. <laughs> Greasy. Yeah. Greasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not ideal. That was not ideal. This is one of those rare days in FRS ownership that I left the traction control on and just thought, we're going to just take some careful stepping. We're just going to... <laughs> and everything was fine, but you, you know, by, by the place. time it was the important exactly. thing is by the, by the time by the time it was midday, it was like fifty degrees and all that, so it wasn't that big a deal. But that initial and plus this morning we had we had such a serious frost this morning that when I first got up this morning, I actually thought there was snow on the ground, so it was quite a uh, these tires do not apply adventure. Uh, they felt awfully brick-like this morning, but uh, I guess it's getting that time of year. So if you if you live somewhere that gets cold, I'm going to go ahead and, and start the tire discussion right now. You live somewhere that gets cold. I did not say gets snow. I just said gets cold. Think very seriously about some winter tires. They are far better once it gets below 40 degrees than whatever you're running, even if it's all seasons. Russ, you're admitting to everybody that, you know, don't practice or practice what you preach, not what you just did this morning, right? You're kind of admitting well, to rolling out in 29 degree weather and I am. not I mean, having no I, tires. I'm, on the I'm car fully yet. admitting that was not that was not ideal, but at the same time, it's the first week of October. You know, yeah, I know this is yeah. fall in Utah, I mean, but next week it's going to be 70. This is what fall is. Yeah, so it's I'm taking us by not, surprise a little bit. I'm trying to not chew through my winter tires any earlier than I have to. But I will put sure. them on certainly before this month is out because uh, I'll be much happier on them for sure. I want to transition a little bit to uh, a debate of sorts for a few minutes here. And Todd has no idea what's coming. It's not anything big. But it's about this announced Hot okay. Wheels film. And I thought it would be kind of fun to debate oh. what that film would be about because well, they've announced the Fast and Furious director Justin Lin is signed on to the project. But – even though the film is currently in development, no release date, but there's no writer. And I thought, well, mm-hmm. why don't you write it? I mean, are they taking scripts? Are they going to take all the Fast and Furious cast and they go do a Hot Wheels film? Is it going to be like the Lego movie does Hot Wheels? I mean, if, if, well, if there's the idea. I mean, you've spent so long in Hollywood and in the machine. Yeah. You know yeah. what the... I mean, you could probably tell us verbatim what the meetings from executives are like. Hey, there's this – we're going to do this Hot Wheels film. Great. Yeah, we've got budget and we've got people signed on already. Huh. What should it be about? I don't know. We'll get a writer. We'll get a good writer on that. 
I, I should look it That's up. I'm sure it exists on me. YouTube somewhere. There was there was a film, there was a, a TV commercial 10, 15 years ago now that I, if memory serves, it was either 7-Up or Sprite, and it was this high-speed, fast-talking Hollywood development meeting, and they talked about they were going to make a slug movie. Somebody's going to find this YouTube thing. Maybe we'll post it if we find it. But they were going to make a slug movie, and they had the action figure in the lunchbox and the the director and the star and all these kind of other things. And somebody at the very end of the commercial goes, oh, do we have a script? No, 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 but we'll get one. I mean, that's <laughs> almost this like that's the way. Or tertiary. No, it's not. No, no, it's not even second or third. I mean, it's so far down the list. What, what What's happening now in Hollywood is is kind of a, a, a variation on what happened to the music industry in the 90s. You know, everything is splintered massively. You know, in, in the 90s, you had... Music companies that I'm not – look, I don't know a ton about the music industry, but that does relate. So I'll try to not get myself too much of a quagmire here. But you had lots of music acts that were small or medium-sized that still had decent deals at good record labels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you had the big, the big huge acts as well. But you kind of had, had striations, if you will, of different levels of, of artists. And when everybody quit making as much money because of uh, democratizing of all of music – and Napster then becomes iTunes and all these kind of things. What you have now is the only artists that really have huge, huge album backing uh, are the huge artists. And then you have a lot of everybody else fighting for what's left. And a lot of people that are fully independent, look at a band like OK Go that you pretty much only know about them because of they've released YouTube videos. I mean, you've got mm-hmm, all this kind right. of other stuff. My point is the film industry's variation on this is – they used to make movies that are $20 million and $60 million and $100 million and $200 million. Now all studios want to make is the big ones. They're going to let everybody else do the independence, the small, the little stuff, and they might buy them at festivals. But there are no studios making small movies. They only worry about making the big stuff and backing the big stuff. And then beyond that, what's going on is, I'm going to throw two actual industry terms around here, but they're looking for pre-established content with pre-established audiences – which is why Hot Wheels makes all kinds of sense. And then, I hate this term, but it is rampant in the film industry right now. All film studios are looking for universe building. What? What that means is... What is that? Follow me. I'll, I'll explain it. What that means is look at the current films that have come out in the last five, ten years, and you'll see a pattern of it. The two biggest ones to talk about are Marvel and Star Wars. Okay. In both cases, what's going on? Now, Marvel has really pioneered this well. DC Comics over at Warner Brothers is trying to do it. But I'll give you a bunch of weird offshoots. But oh, what we're talking about is you I have a pre-established, you have a pre-established blank, blanket idea, like Star Wars. Let's just go with Star Wars for a second. You have Star Wars. But this Christmas, they're coming out with Rogue One, which is kind of an offshoot Star Wars film. Still under the Star Wars banner, but it's an offshoot film. That is Star Wars themed, and then they're going to do a Boba Fett movie and a Han Solo movie, and uh, a, the and the best example. Money. They're all going to make the money. best example, though. Honestly, the best example is Marvel's Avengers, because if you look at when the Avenger movie came out, you had already done Iron Man and Thor individually, and then what do they do? They brought them together to make a movie, and then that now allows you to launch. Well, you know what we should do? We should do a Black Widow movie. And we should do a separate Hulk movie, and. All of these things. So every studio is looking at the mm-hmm. Marvel model and mm-hmm. wanting to do universe building. And they want to make a universe, a DC comic, uh, Marvel comic, whatever. They want to do this where they can have a bunch of big characters come together for a huge movie in scale and hopefully in profits. And then splinter all of those characters individually and make standalone movies. 
Oh. And that's all studios care about right now. It's yeah, the Superman and Batman together in the same movie and And then you go make uh, the individuals. I mean, yeah, you look at the last Superman versus Batman randomly has uh, Wonder Woman in it and introduces Aquaman and three or four others, which means they'll pull them all together to do Justice League. It's exactly what Marvel's doing. Pull them all together to do Justice League and then split them all apart because don't you want to watch the Aquaman movie? Maybe. No, I'd also like actually. to hear somebody else's – I'd like to hear somebody <laughs> no. else's new, random, interesting, fresh, unique story, but that's not really what they're doing. All of this back to Hot Wheels. I know I'm eventually coming back to cars. I know I'm ranting. But back to Hot Wheels, my concern is, do you make the mass Hot Wheels film and then you try to make, we're just going to follow this car next time? That's what worries me. Because studios are only worried about building a universe and splintering the universe for profit. So Mm. you're going to make a Hot Wheels movie with all the big Hot Wheels cars you remember as a kid. And then this one, whatever he's called, goes off and makes his own movie. Ugh. Well, if that's the case... This movie has already been made. It's called Mad Max. It's the endless car chase. They've already done it. I mean, that's what Hot Wheels is. Well, it's the cobbling yes. together of all these different things to make the new crazy car that doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. that movie is already better than any Hot Wheels film that will ever be made. I guarantee you. All well, of Mad yeah, Maxes I mean, the- are all better than this yet unwritten film. I can tell you. Well, the latest Mad Max it. movie is is such a anomaly in everything I'm saying. The fact that it even got made, and there's a lot of weird behind the scenes machinations that that show why that movie even got made. But the reason, the fact that that got made at all, is just shockingly bizarre. And if it was a first time movie, it would have never gotten made. One of the only benefits of it getting made in this idea is Mad Max is a pre established brand. Mm. But the the thing about the other thing about the Hot Wheels film thing here is this is such a rumor stage. The the thing that most people don't realize, okay, Justin Lin is signed on. So what? That means they're <laughs> exactly. going to go hire a screen. Seriously, they're going to go hire a screenwriter. They're going to go for you know multiple rounds of scripts, maybe multiple rounds of screenwriters. See if they can get actors signed on. See if they can make it go. But the number of movies that get greenlit. And headed toward production in every calendar year and then eventually just fizzle and die would boggle your mind. So, okay, he's involved. Okay, it's a pre-established brand. But what this really is more than anything is somebody sitting around trying to connect dots and build a new universe. Unbelievable. Well, if they want my fresh new idea, I still think some Hollywood studio needs to listen to this and make Wolverine with lightsabers. I, that is the new movie. Everybody would watch it. The, the lightsaber, he can grow them to be, you know, a couple inches long and shave with them. Or he could grow the lightsabers out to be a mile long and slice everybody from his lawn chair while he's drinking lemonade. That would it's, be the new movie. Is it Saberine? What are we going with here? What's the... Pick one. Wolverine with lightsabers that can grow as long as he wants. He can sit on his porch and slice the moon to shreds if he wants. You can grow them bad. 93 million miles long. That's my fresh new idea. <laughs> they have to make this movie. Uh, How cool would that well, be? Well, but so, somebody is actually thinking that's a good idea because it combines two universes. Totally. It combines Star Wars. If we're going to mash with, it all up, then let's oh, really mash God. it up. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay, I'm frightened. Can we move on to something that relates to cars, please? Can we do a car I thought it would be interesting to hear your take. And I learned about you know this universal universalizing nature universe building that's that's what everybody's worried about right now they all want universes i mean i actually have a friend you know him as well 
Jeremy. He's a screenwriter. And he yeah. actually, with his yeah. co-writer, a couple of years back, they sold, what, knowing that studios are looking for universes, they sold a pitch for taking the Robin Hood story and making a universe out of it. Because, you know, Robin Hood's got all his merry men. So if you do the, the main Robin Hood, I mean, this was essentially their, their pitch. I mean, they did it better. But... And these guys are genuinely really Is talented. This a writers, recent the, idea that they just did. Uh, this was this was in the last couple of years. I mean, they made a good, they made a big splashy sale on it when they first pitched the thing, and and I'm not talking about the plot line. I'm talking about the very high universe building idea of it. The concept being, if you think about the Robin Hood idea, it's Robin Hood and all of his merry men and the sheriff of Nottingham and his guys. Mm-hmm. Well, there's your there's your universe. You do your big movie up front first, and then the next movie is just Little John, and then the other movie is just the sheriff of Nottingham on his own adventure. And Ugh. you see what I'm saying here? It's yes. it's madness. It's absolute. As long as Kevin Costner madness. is not involved, then maybe I'll watch that. Maybe. <laughs> no, you won't. But I take your point. I'll catch it on well, an airplane. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, I, I I I could spend most of the rest of the podcast just riffing on Hollywood madness and weird. This almost got made stories. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and, I know. And I only know <laughs> I only know a fraction of them. But we should should really work on a car debate. Let's talk about uh, John's situation. All Can right. We do that? All right. Yes, we'll jump into John's debate here. And as I mentioned, he's thirty two. He has got a daughter who's eleven years old, and he's been thinking about getting something different. And, John, we appreciate you listening and watching and, and watching everything mm-hmm. on YouTube as well. Definitely. Okay, so here's the line items of things that he needs. Let's start with the needs, and then we'll move to the wants, okay? So starting okay. with the needs, he's got a 50-pound dog who occasionally goes in the car with him. He does all his uh, – well, most of his own maintenance on the house, so he needs to transport things in the car like – mulch or lumber or uh, various pieces of furniture, things like that. And up to this point, he's been getting by with borrowing a pickup truck or a small truck with a trailer, something like that. So he's looking for, you can see, it's more of a balance than this is not just fun car here, but it does need to do something. It does need to be a little bit of fun. He's willing to sacrifice some reliability with, if that would give him more performance or a bit more luxury, but it's got to be reliable because of this 300-mile-per-week commute that he's facing, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. also means miles to the gallon. And then the kicker, of course, is the price. <laughs> Twenty-five grand, 25000 or under yep. for all of this. Yep. Okay, so now let's move to the wants. He likes the luxury thing, as I mentioned. He likes the ride height of SUVs and says that yes. he feels wasteful owning one. I would like to target that statement and kind of pick it apart a little bit there. And yeah, I thought about that a little bit as well. Keep going. Did you? He says mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily drive for fun, so the handling isn't the big issue here, but something that feels tight and nice. It's going to be a great commuter and kind of do yeah, all yeah. these things. And we say do-it-all car. This is even to a more, you know, greater degrees than we say do-it-all. This is, you know, family mm-hmm. and dog and, and kids and, you know, Mulch and all and mulch. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the best car for mulch is. <laughs> <laughs> this week on the podcast, cars for gardening. Yeah, that, that episode's never going to happen. Never going to happen. No. Yeah, cars for green thumbs. I can kill plants really well. Um, With my car while hooning across your yard. Oh, look, I've destroyed exactly. your grass. Sorry about your yeah. flower bed. So this is all in the, the wants category. He was looking at E-class diesels which is interesting. He's been dreaming of those. Mm-hmm. 
And then apparently you had an Audi, John, that uh, apparently the valves, you had some engine trouble, so you don't trust Audis anymore. But you didn't say yeah. what car and what year. because uh, I think I'm it's this. I think it's his A4 that. that he's list here at the end. I think it's the A4. Okay, on the list, O2. But. Okay, so that's a 2002 A4 with a 3-liter V6. I had yeah. the 04 A4. All right, all right. So, yeah, a, this is this is a huge list of things that he wants and needs. And it stuff is. that all into it 25 is. grand. Can we do this? Can we well, do this? Well, here, here's, here's what I did. I, I picked three cars. I picked three cars for John. And each of the three follows one rabbit trail because – I feel like there are lots of different rabbit trails to follow here. We we could head down the, it needs to literally do everything. I need to carry my daughter around. I have to carry the dog around. Yeah. I want to throw some mulch yeah. in it. It still needs to be fun. I had one that follows that. I had one that follows more of the, I'm commuting, and it needs to be a nice place to be. I had one that follows that. And I even have one that follows the, I like the SUV ride height, but I need good gas mileage, so am I wasteful to want to own one? Hmm. I've got one in each of those three categories because I'm hoping that that not only kind of inspires us, but something for John here will will really resonate. So I've got each of those three, but where did you go Hmm. with this? I've got a longer list, but I'm whittling it back. I don't know if I want to say all these choices because they might not necessarily be relevant. I really was thinking in terms of the thing that will kind of do it all and still be fun, somewhat fun. Uh, you know, we never like to leave you with <laughs> a car choice that isn't fun and hateful. And man, it checked all those no. boxes because then it's a marketing exercise. We still focus on the fun quotient and we have to get you into something better well, and more fun and more desirable. So I, I think we're all still leaning that way. Agreed. We, we've beaten on it before, and every now and then you can tell, at least I can tell, I can always tell the people when they're commenting on our YouTube stuff that are new to finding our channel. Mm-hmm. And as long as we've been around, it is amazing. There's still a lot of people out there that watch car content that just discovered us this week, and thank you for joining us. But you can always tell people that have just joined us because they always ask the question of, well, wait a minute. Why is a, <laughs> is a show called Everyday Driver not picking the car that is the best for errands and, and carries the most stuff? Because the everyday driver in our show is having a car that is fun to drive every day. Yeah. Yep. Because if we're just going to talk about utility and the stuff it has to do, candidly, let's all just go buy a used minivan and call it a project. <laughs> if, that, if that's really all we're doing. Let, yeah, let, if exactly. That's really what we're doing. Exactly. So the everyday is the fun to drive every day, and it does the other stuff it has to do as well. So, you know, that warps people's brains sometimes, but that's always our approach. I... Uh, I'm going to jump in with the the one that is the kind of do-it-all. When I read this, okay, daughter, 50-pound dog, I need to carry mulch. Side note real quick. On the mulch thing, there's a Home Depot near me that uh, I feel like has its own gravitational pull because once you have a house, you go near Home Depot and you suddenly (laughs) think of 45 things you have to buy. And you go into Home Depot and you think, oh, well, that's only like five bucks. And then you realize you need 10 of them. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. This is the problem of Home Depot. But every time I walk in there, I do notice they have that wonderful parking area, three or four spaces that are just for their rental trucks. John and L, the rest of you listening, if you have stuff you need to carry for your house, I submit to you, if it's two, three times a year, keep borrowing that truck or rent one from U-Haul for the hour that it takes you to transport it and get yourself a fun car for the rest of your life. I, I, I just don't, I don't support the I bought a pickup because I occasionally need to haul stuff if you're a guy that's on the construction site every day 
okay, let's go pick up. But if it's a few times a year, that's why they rent those trucks at U-Haul. Unless I mean, it's, uh, at it's a Raptor. If it's a Raptor, then hall pass, right? You get a hall pass. But, but the Raptor doesn't make any sense. It just Which is it why taps, it gets the hall pass. It makes that, zero sense. Well, there's there's the star of your Hot Wheels film. Actually, that's the Hot Wheels spinoff. Ooh, that's the that's the four wheel drive uh, spinoff of the original Hot Wheels movie that happens entirely on the orange tracks. That's the thing about the Raptor. It makes no sense. As long as they can transform, can we make all the Hot Wheels transform too and just mix universes? Just, Justin Lin is going to leave the project, and Michael Bay is going to step in, and <laughs> it's going when we're all going to cry. And for a long time. The Rock has about to be in the, the movie of film. doing something. He's got to be, you know, <sighs> flexing and doing something, shooting things. And, yes. And raising his eyebrow at people. Yes, it's all about the eyebrow. So, but, 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 but the one thing I went with that was fun, reliable, do it all. You could have the dog, you could put, put, you know, stuff for the house in there you wouldn't worry about. It's not precious, but it would do everything else that you're thinking of. Is the prior generation to current, so not the current generation, one generation back, WRX wagon. Or STI wagon. So go with the hatch <laughs> of those two. That is a fun-to-drive car, good seats, reliable. It's not a luxurious place. You said you kind of want luxury. It doesn't really do that. But if you want to put your dog in the back, you need to drive your daughter somewhere, hey, honey, while you're here with me, i got to go get mulch. All of that works, and it is still fun. Yeah. Gas mileage, yeah. at least on the good. non-STI, isn't terrible. Good. I like uh, it. The STI is a little better. So I think that's one consideration that kind of checks all the boxes. That's one of the three different categories I went with. So WRX or STI prior to the current generation, get that hatch. Cool. That that can work. Yeah, I can see that. It's not huge on the luxury side, but okay. I mean, still fun to drive, and that's taking precedent and once for us. You st- As you heard, yeah. it's taking and precedent. And once you start hauling stuff around, the car needs to be a little less precious, which is why I wound up there. Okay. The other ones, I didn't follow that rabbit trail, but that's how I got there. You know, I went wagons, too. All I could think about was wagons, especially if our, after our recent trip to Europe. Wagons are the deal there. Everybody has a wagon, and they're great. Yep. Yep. There mm-hmm. are some fun wagons, and I thought of the one that we've recommended before. It's a rare car, but check this out. The Acura TSX wagon. We've talked okay. about this. I think that could be fun Big hatch, big enough. Still, we can get that in the six-speed manual. And it's such a different, unique car. There's still a it's, bunch of luxury in there. It's still, you know, Acura, Acurified. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, again, very different, very unique. Great for the commute. Great for just spending long distances in it. And I think that could be the all-arounder in there, too. I'm... Just putting that out there. It's not European. It's going to be reliable. I think you can go get yourself one of those. The 2014 model year Acura TSX wagon. That's the kind of only, where I landed. The only correction I want to do there, because a couple people have asked uh, for, have, have actually written in and asked this question. I love that you recommend this wagon, and it's awesome. The problem is, I don't think it's six speed. I think it only comes in a five. People have asked us this question, and I know. You Doesn't. saw a six-speed here in uh, here in Park City, and apparently you saw like the magical car at the end of the rainbow. People are trying to figure out where you saw that car, uh, but I do. It doesn't take rainbow. away the fact. 
<laughs> Perfect. It was there. there. That was. That... It doesn't. It doesn't take away the fact that this wagon is a great one. I don't think it's a six-speed, but I do think it's available in a manual. Somebody out there is already. Somebody that's written this before mm. is already correcting me. But I've it's got a. a let's wagon. see. I'm looking here. Uh, okay, we'll get there. We'll, we'll so get there. The point is, great recommendation is available in two different. Let's see. Uh, hang on. Well, I've got. I've got auto traders talking about it, six-speed manualness, but, uh, but I, I was don't know nearly ever... sure it was six-speed. I know it was manual. I know you saw. I know you saw it in a manual here in Park City, but I feel like it wasn't a six; it was a five. Anyway, we're off into the land of minutia. The point being, that is an overlooked wagon, and they are very cool. Mm, yep, six-speed. I think it's six-speed. I'm going to stay with six-speed. I'm finding six-speed manual okay. here. Okay. All right. Huh. Um, <laughs> what What else did you have? I've got another another couple to follow up on. But what else did you have? I want to touch on John's comment about I love the ride height of an SUV, but I feel wasteful owning one. And mm-hmm. I would like to dissect this because, first of all, yeah, SUV in your mind is you know meaning a high horsepower something with a V eight, my Jeep apparently, and. Mm-hmm. Yes, burning more gasoline, but if you feel wasteful in terms of wasted space or maybe fuel economy, something like that, there are SUVs that can do the reverse and accomplish what you're looking for. I, I have this suggestion, and I'm going to try to sell you on this, John. Okay. Au contraire, there are plenty of cars that are wasteful. <laughs> Hi, Hellcat. Mm. I mean, oh, good point. Yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. you know huge car, gigantic engine, burning fuel. Even mm-hmm. the uh, E ninety series M three. That V eight is really thirsty when you're on it. It's not a yeah. big oh, car. Oh yeah, hugely so. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of cars that are that could be labeled in the same category. So I don't look at SUVs as across the board as wasteful. If you mean wasted space yeah. or whatever that okay. is, whatever wasteful means to you, I don't look at all SUVs that way. Because there is one on the market, what I am with much chagrin, it's an Audi. And even though you're not high on Audis, the uh-huh. Q5 with the 2-liter turbocharged 4, this is an SUV. It's not as tall as most SUVs. And I've driven mm-hmm. this car. It actually handles pretty well for what it is. And that's not damning with faint yeah. praise. That is, wow, that's surprising. This is mm-hmm. kind of fun. And it's got, what, 211 horsepower, something like that. Turbocharged. It's got plenty of zip. And it gets great gas mileage. And it's got is that loads in the of budget, interior though? space. Can he, can he get a used one for this price? Absolutely. Okay. Right. Loads of these. You can get 13, okay. 2012, 2013 somewhere in there with that two liter turbo engine. And that three liter V6 that you had, that was you know an older engine, older architecture. Yeah. The two yeah, liter yeah. that they're throwing in everything with the turbocharged engine, that'll go forever. I have no problem recommending that engine. They've put it in just about every car in their Audi lineup with that two liter yeah. engine. So yeah, you gotta keep on top of the maintenance, but Audi has sold yeah, lots and lots of Q5s. As a matter of fact, the new 2017 Q5 debuted at the recent Paris Motor Show, updated, refined, all that stuff. But they've yeah. got a huge case for this because there aren't other, there aren't many other manufacturers 
you know, you, you could argue that BMW X3 kind of competes, but I'm not as impressed with that car as I am the Q5. The, the seats fold down, there's lots of space, and it's still fun, and you're sipping gas. It's that four-cylinder turbocharged engine that helps you do that. So even though you're, you're not high on Audi, I get that, and I'm not trying to, you know, say that you're wrong by any means because the experience you had is completely <laughs> valid. I, yeah. I understand. But I think Audi, the Q5, is kind of one of one in the marketplace mm. because of the mm. price. Now, the Macan and the Tiguan or the Touareg are similar platform. They all share that kind of platform, yes. so you yes, could look at do. those, but more expensive. The Audi is in this sweet spot. And the engine, again, mm -hmm. I really don't think you're going to have any problems. I'm finding, I'm finding a lot with a lot of miles on here, but you can also search out with you know, plenty that are under 60 or 50,000 miles. They're going to run a long time. Just take care of it, service it. They're going to run a long time. So that's my recommendation for the SUV okay. if the ride height, it, it's right in that sweet spot. It's I was, super I was struck by his ride height. It's thoughts not, as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean I've, and I, I was, lots if, of space. If that's something you like, I mean, let's be honest, this is the reason that SUVs sell as well as they do, is because people just like the ride height. And it's actually something right. that, that just as a general across the board, women tend to like a lot. But people in general just like being able to see better. That's the ride height thing. Now, I like to have the world's tiniest car down here that has the big orange go-kart flag waving above it. I like to be that guy, but I'm not normal. <laughs> so, you know, okay, so you want a larger ride height. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that an SUV necessarily means wasteful. And I love your, your car alternative analogy. The one I went with is the Mazda CX-5. $25,000, oh, you good. get one of those all day long. Good, good, one that's good, not good, even good. all that old. And that yeah. is one that is the same size that Q5 you're talking about. It isn't quite as nice, but don't discount that interior. That's the, that's the current Mazda 3 chassis we done like as a, you know, a yeah. slightly larger CUV. It's got a really solid interior. You could get a, one that might be like a year old with your budget, mm. which is great. And it is small. It gets very good gas mileage. So you get that little bit of a slightly larger ride height in a car that still feels small and tight. If you're gonna if you're gonna t chase ride height, I think you got to look at that car. I have one other one that okay. is none of these. Again, my my choices are so divergent because I just kept latching onto a different thing from John. My last sure, one was sure. him thinking about his commute. And wanting to have a thing that felt kind of luxurious and effortless acceleration and was nice while still feeling decently fun. And I thought, you know what you could get for this kind of money is the BMW 335iS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the sedan. The, the e, it's the, no, no, no. I'm talking about the, the coupe. It's the E92. It's the little M3, if you follow me. Oh, it's the, e the IS. That's coupe. right. That's right. The IS, exactly. So it was just below the M3 when they sold it for that generation. And those are right now they're running like twenty three, twenty four to thirty are grand, really? depending upon which one Sheesh. you find. Man. So this had more. It's got it's got a great turbo motor in it. It's got more torque actually than the same generation M three. But since it's a turbo, you can get it in six speed. It's good looking. You can get much better gas mileage than you would have out of the equivalent M three of that generation. But yet it's still got genuine power. It looks really nice. It's got a decent interior. That follows up with the luxury thing and uh, is still something. Look, you've got seats in the back. You can put your daughter in the back. It's a real usable good car, and you could get one for your budget. Those are my three, and they're very different, but those are my three. 
Those are different. I like that. And and that would be delightful to drive, actually. Delightful to commute in. Great handling. Yeah, we loved it. Watch our old review of, of it. We were big fans of that IS. I can't believe they're that low. It just, you know, all these cars that we drive and then we're aghast at the price. You know, it's almost $50,000 and, you know, we've yeah. waited how long? Four, five years? Something like that now? Depreciation you is your friend. 20, yep. 23? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 335 ISs for everyone. <laughs> Drinks all around. It's amazing. Let's get it's them for everyone. It's amazing what depreciation can do for you. I, I do agree. I totally agree. Man. Great. Great ones. Yeah. All right. Well, very divergent, John. You've got some driving and deciding to do. So as we say, let mm-hmm. us know. And I uh, hope that helps because uh, you've got some different needs here. And those are very real. This is life we're talking about here. So very, yeah, very real. So not just fun cars, but... Still fun. I like that. All right. Well, moving on to Jason in a town in Wisconsin that I'm going to have trouble pronouncing. I'm going to give it one shot here. Uh, Oconomowoc. Oconomowoc. Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. There we go. That, that's, I'm sure I've, we're doing it wrong. I'm sure we're I've butchering it horribly. I've never said that word in my life. And but he's in the, Wisconsin. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Southeastern Wisconsin. We, 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 now, we now sound like we're reading like my son reads. It's, it's wait, what are those letters? i got to sound it out here. And, yeah. yes, it's, it's wrong. We said it wrong. Okay. All right. So Southeastern Wisconsin, and he is the guy with the 2013 Passat, the diesel, 101,000 miles, and he's going to get some money from Volkswagen uh, early mm-hmm. November 2016. So... Yep. Jason has the ball limiter, which I had to laugh. This, yeah, this is our this, this is our is new friend hilarious. Jason. Jason, who is now, who's coined the term the Paul limiter. So the Paul limiter is in place at forty thousand dollars. You it's cannot like a, go above that. A That's governor, the governor. Like, is that an electronic it's, 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 switch? It's the budget governor. That's exactly what it is. It's the budget governor that comes down hard, like when you drive one of those old uh, like U-Haul trucks and it has a governor at fifty miles an hour, and it becomes the yeah. bane of your existence for the entire road trip. That's what we're dealing with here. But for budget. So he'd like to spend 30, 30 to 35 He has a Paul limiter in place of $40,000. Uh, he has joys. this Passat. I know. He has this Passat that's worked. He had a huge commute. I mean, that's why it's got, you know, a, a 2013 with 101,000 miles already. He had a 110-mile commute. That's now gone away. He's working from home and pretty much needs a car for family road trips and trips to the airport. So this has freed him up a lot. And uh, he's kind of looking for a few things. He wants four doors. He needs a decent back seat and trunk. He says, with an exclamation point to, to encourage us further, he wants something, all capital letters, fun to drive. So that is a big consideration <laughs> here. Uh, and he's, he lists, again, the Paul Limiter of 40K, but it's, you know, it's a family road trip and a fun car. Occasional, uh, you know, life of, hey, I got to go to the airport, but this is not getting major miles. And he actually brings up two he's considering, which I love because uh, one of them is the obvious contender here. He's listed a Chevy SS that he could get. Funny. He's found a used one he could get, and so he's already uh, headed me off at the pass there. He also lists the Audi A6 as a possibility. I listed four others, but this is our, this is our conversation for Jason. I've got one thing on the brain, just one okay. kind of car. Good. Good for you. All right. Well— I'm going to start with Porsche because it's the elephant in the room. <laughs> Sir, we make the 911 in a four-door. You realize oh, that, no. right? For 40, though? 
Jason, I found you a 2010 Porsche Panamera 4S with 67,000 miles for 40K. Booyah. Oh, wow. Booyah. But I'm I'm buts. I'm tempted to just call it right there and say you've done it. <laughs> I, I really am. I mean I have options, but now I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. Yeah. I mean yeah. But the car that's on my brain is BMW. I am just mm. ensconced. I am just immersed in BMW thoughts right now. So I'm going to start you know out. How, you, you know how when you go to like a really high-end spa, they have the plunge pools? And totally. You have, you yes. Have the, you have, you have the, the hot tub that you get in that's like, you know, just this side of kill me, 100 degrees. And then next to that, you have the plunge pool that's the just this side of we froze it this morning. And you're supposed yeah. to go back and forth, etc. You're doing that. One of the pools is Porsche and the other is BMW. This is you right now. You're just is, going back and forth in the plunge <laughs> pools. And depending upon when you catch a conversation with my friend Paul, it depends on which pool he's in right now. And you're luxuriating in both. It totally. has become a bit of a problem. Since we drove that M2 with your GTS, oh. it's, it is. It's just those two brands. You're all about them. Keep going. I'm drinking the BMW love over here. I am all about BMW what? lately. That's I am terrible. Okay. Well, all right. okay. The you BMW uh, uh, marketing. The Kool Aid. Just just Kool-Aid. stay with Kool Aid. Yes. All right. That, You're right. That, that's that's not safer. Terrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I'm all about BMWs lately, even though the Porsche, notwithstanding, I mentioned the Porsche. But I'll start out with an O2 2002 BMW M5. So that's the E39 generation. 40,000 miles for Mm. 40K. Wow. Six speed. Holy moly. That could be awesome. Now, Mm -hmm. the nav is an antique and should be in a museum. (laughs) Yep. But if you don't mind that. Brought to you by Corolco or, 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 (laughs) no, Casio. It's Casio. Yes. Possibly Atari. Yes. Keep going. Uh, Yeah. But the car. We all know this car. We love this car. You could have one of these. Forty thousand miles is barely broken in. Wow, yeah. I'm. That could be really cool. But if you don't want to go back that far, I started looking for the M5 with the V10, and I found you a bunch. I found you an 06 M5. Wow. With get this, twenty five thousand nine hundred miles for thirty four nine. You know how we're talking about depreciation? You can get yeah. the, the Formula One inspired V10. With twenty five thousand miles, that's nothing. Thirty four. What's the nine. maintenance on that engine, though? Is that just you know big hole with, with which to throw your money? I mean, it just possibly, seems like possibly. Yeah, but I'm finding a lot with close to a hundred thousand. So fine, yeah. drive it for okay. you know another few years, and then you know offload it and fine. But my your mileage coup, is low enough that makes it less concerning. Okay, keep going. Yeah, exactly. Here's my coup. And that is the current generation M5, 2013 BMW M5, with 43,000 miles for 40K in Miami, Florida. Seriously? Would you like me to dial the number for you right now? What, what's the story behind that? That, that does sound too bit good to be true. It does That's sound shocking. too good to be true. And the owner here online says, hey, let's meet at the dealership for a pre-purchase inspection. Here is the list of option codes that it has. Huh. Endless, and I, I it feels all in the up and up to me. And Interesting. I thought, all right. Are you kidding me? You can get a 
43,000 miles, and that is the current generation. So therefore, we're back to the V8. This is, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think the reliability is going to be a lot higher, even though, yeah, the V10 could be cool. But if that scares you, I can see why. No problem. So I found the current gen M5. Mm. 40K. You could have an Amazing. M5. Amazing. That's oh. nuts. Well, I didn't. I didn't go that high up the food chain. I do have to uh, have to say, Jason, the fact that you're already thinking about the Chevy SS. I mean, it's the it's the M5 that BMW is no longer building to some degree. I mean, it's the you know the go get the six speed. It's got that great yeah. magnetic yeah. ride control. There, there's I, I I keep banging the drum for the Chevy SS because it is that good a car. Uh, of course, in this in this world with the money that you have, you could, of course, go E90 M3. If you don't want to go quite as big as the M5s or even the Chevy SS, you could go uh, E90 M3. That is, I feel like, the sweet spot of that generation uh, uh, M3. I like it better than the coupe. Uh, if you could find one with the four doors and the six-speed, that's such a good car. Um, but I have to list a couple others. You had brought up the Audi A6. I submit to you, what about an Audi S4? You could get okay. used one of those for your money. Those are fun and fast. Watch our RS4 versus S4 review. That is a really legitimately fun car, and yet it's also a just throw the family in it. Let's go road trip car. It'd be and great. Those are not quite forty. I think uh, the owner we had he bought his for thirty seven somewhere in there. So yeah, and 40. they're and they're obviously still dropping. You could find an S4. Yeah. That would be a really cool car. Yeah. Two others I have to mention because I feel like it's conspicuous without them. The Cadillac ATS. If you like that car at all, honestly, handling yeah. wise, yeah. it's the best in its class. It just is. It's it's better than the current BMW. It is a great car handling wise. You could get a used one of those for your for your budget. And that is a classy car that feels really fun to drive. The, the tighter the road gets, the more you go. This is a great car. It mm -hmm. obviously yeah. looks classier and is a little smaller than the SS. So it's an alternative there. And then, of course, I'll go there. Look, you're talking about four seats. You want a decent hatchback. It needs to be fun to drive. Golf R. Get yourself a Golf R. It that would be all be cool. of the above. That you could be, be cool. just dad. Dad hoons his way to the grocery store because it's Tuesday. That's the golf R. And then, okay, family. <laughs> hey kids, it's Tuesday. You know what that means. Seriously. It's, it's time to see if we can crack Yay! eggs from the inside of the car. Yay, us. Uh, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. But, uh, but the other thing about it is you could just load the family up and just go for a long drive in that car. It doesn't mm -hmm. have – look, when you get – if you get four people in it, it doesn't have a huge hatch. But you yeah, can take four great people on the comfortably. Trunk space thing, you know, yeah, people are fine. I I think it's it's a genuine consideration here that golf R. Leave one kid at home and fold the seat down, then you get more trunk space. Well, then you've got one kid at home. I don't know. All right, well, depends, forget that idea. Depends on how old the kid is. I mean, you know, be lots of interesting parts. You know, send him to his do, friend's do what, house. Do what my wife and I do, and that games. is leave the six year old and the dog to take care of each other. Wait, no, we don't do that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, somebody's dialing social services immediately. Oh, you know, wow. speaking of speaking of those terrible social ser services stories, I've told you this story before. I'm not going to mention yeah. anyone by name, but I actually know a guy who said to me with a straight face, and I remember thinking at the time that he said this, I remember thinking, be careful who you say that to, because some point he could call Child Protective Services on you. But I know a guy who has four kids, which, bless you. If you have four kids, that's that's just <laughs> tough. Okay, he has four kids, a couple of whom yeah. are kind of walking terrors of people, and he and his wife 
obviously have times when they're just exhausted and they need to get out and they need to be away. They live a few blocks from their local movie theater. They have actually had evenings when they have put all the kids to sleep and gone to a movie. I Not got a babysitter. Can't that. All Just, the kids are asleep. Ugh. They went down the block and went to a movie, movie. I, as a parent of one, wouldn't be able to concentrate on the film. I couldn't do it. But they have done this more than once, apparently. And so far, the, the kids have not burned down the city block. But... That just shocked me. Anyway, all of that to say, don't leave the kids at home uh, randomly unless they are old enough for that to be an okay thing. Uh, that is as a kid not in this scenario, okay. We're not. not. But okay. anyway, uh, yeah, so now I've horrified myself and all of you listening that are parents. Uh, should we do Facebook questions? Yes, let's jump right in. Uh, let's see here, scrolling. We've got lots of good ones again. Thank Excellent you ones this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Devin because he's talking about uh, Hurricane Matthew, who is currently doing a wonderful tour of the eastern seaboard. He's visiting all of the major <laughs> hotspots. Uh, so he has said, kind of half-joking, what's the best car to have in a hurricane? <laughs> Which, you know, this is a very current events thing. But I actually did think of one, though. I did think of one that if we- that's what we're shopping for is a hurricane. I'm going to say Hummer H1. <laughs> Yeah, I I, uh... I I mean useless useless vehicle for any other reason. If you would like to see the largest transmission tunnel in history, climb into a first gen Hummer H1. You're sitting there in something that is about as large as an actual bucket. It is a tiny seat. Next to you is a is a pool table worth of transmission tunnel, and your passenger is way over there. You've tra- practically need a, a a sort of walkie talkie system to talk to that person. But they're heavy, so they're not going to get blown around too easily. They can handle flooding. They can run with the tires flat. I say there's your hurricane attack vehicle right there. I went very similar. And, of course, in uh, tongue firmly in cheek here, darts.us, D-A-R-T-Z dot U-S. This is Darts okay. Motors. Bulletproof opulence trusted by billionaires, czars, superstars, generals, and dictators since 1869. It's one of the ugliest vehicles I've ever clapped eyes on, but they have an all-new Black Shark, <laughs> and they're huge and heavy, uh, and I'm sure the Hurricane won't do much. You can get a gold-plated grill on the Darts Pombron. is perfect, yeah. Because when I think Hurricane, I think gold-plated grill. I mean, you still have to look good, right? In the midst of the Hurricane, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Homes and trash are blowing around me, but at least I've got a gold but, grill. But look at me, yo. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. This is we, we have wound up at a terrible, terrible place. And I've also looked up this darts website while you're while we're talking, and now I'm even more horrified. Totally so yeah, awesome, that huh? <laughs> what other what other questions did you uh, notice here? Uh, well, since we're talking about M5s, Goran Pavlovich asks if we've driven the M5 E39, the E60, and the F10, so pretty much all the cars I just recommended. Yes, mm-hmm. we would love to do that, and we've got to get past the Icon film, as you know. We said at the top of the podcast, we just dropped the yes. trailer for that today. We've got to get past that film first, but I feel like the M5s, I think there's four or five, no, maybe four generations, because there's one before the E39. No, there's two before the E39. So that might we, make more for a large comparison rather than a full film. But, mm-hmm. yes, we do want to drive all these cars. They're, they're 
luscious. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, one of the owners of these M3s, we drove this big M3 lineup. I had the same thought you did, which is let's get through one film before we plan another one. <laughs> yeah. However, uh, the 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 interesting thing is one of the owners of one of these M5s that we drove, he actually, pardon me, one of the owners of one of the M3s we drove, he actually owns yeah. a couple of these M5s we're talking about. And he already asked us this question. Hey, guys, you want to do the M5 film next? And I said, buddy, wait, let me, <laughs> let me survive. Like... Let me survive post-production the of the current one before we do the next one. But it is a good question, and uh, you know, I'd love to do I'd love to do the obvious, and that is put some of those old M5s and pull that Chevy SS and have a real conversation about how much is this in that style or not. You know, where has it has it has it morphed to? But who knows? Yeah, yeah, uh, man, good questions. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I I have one that was specifically called out for me. Uh, Daniel Chang wrote in and said. Todd, Han or Greedo? So for you Star Wars fans out there, what he's asking is who shot first? Because if you saw the original Star Wars movie, Han Solo is sitting in the bar across from Greedo, and Greedo tries to collect, and Han just unceremoniously shoots him, which is an iconic piece of character building for that character. In the revised versions... George Lucas decided he really wanted Han to be more of a hero than that, and a hero wouldn't have shot first. So suddenly, out of nowhere, there is this extra bolt where suddenly Greedo apparently shoots first. Uh, you can already tell, Daniel, how I feel about this. Han shot first. That's how it was intended to be. He is supposed to be a scoundrel, and uh, the revision is uh, it's, its that. It's revisionist, and it's wrong. I'm going Han Solo. That clinches it. I'm positive I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're, you that, almost that, fell asleep in the middle of that. I'm that quite like, certain. That confirms it. But he also goes on to ask if we have any fuel additives that you actually like. And I do have a commentary on this very briefly, Daniel. My dad was a pilot. He was a private pilot in uh, general aviation. He actually sold aviation insurance for a long time and had two airplanes while I was growing up. Yeah. And swore by a product called Marvel Mystery Oil. And mm -hmm. I also use it, and it's something you can pour in the fuel or in uh, right mix in with the oil. And you could, you could argue one way or the other. I mean, he's been in auto parts stores, and the guy behind the counter says, you know, there's probably three products in here that actually work, and Marvel's one of them. But he has a story about a guy who... Uh, used Marvel Mystery Oil in his airplane on takeoff. He lost all oil pressure on takeoff, which, if you're following along, this is bad. Very, and very bad news, yeah. When your oil pressure at zero, that, that means there's no oil in the engines. And yep. miraculously, the engines kept going for him long enough to turn around and make it safely back to the airfield and land the plane before the engine seized. And he likened, he says... I think it's due to the Marvel Mystery Oil that I've used for years in the airplane because, I, yeah, I wouldn't be alive if uh, if it weren't for that product. So a lot of the aviation guys have used Marvel Mystery Oil. You can use it in your cars too. I've used it for a long time. It's a lubricant. It cleans your valves, all that kind of stuff. So that's so the, the one I the actually like personally. The sum up here is if you or someone you know works for Marvel Mystery Oil, and they would like to sponsor this podcast, having hey. heard this endorsement we've already given, we will happily take their money and continue talking about it because this has been a impromptu commercial now, Daniel, but uh, there is your answer, though. 
<laughs> That's true. But this is what I know. This is what pilots I know. talk about. No, I, I was just hanging you've around. You've told me so. these stories before. And, it, yeah, I mean, you've put it in all your cars. And as we all know, all of your stuff is certified Paul-owned. So, right, uh, yeah, it all works well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's right. Definitely. I That's see right. that. I see that. All right. I am uh, looking. I was looking at one. Where was that? I've got... Uh, I've got Mike Schmidt asked a good one. He said, uh, what car from any manufacturer's past lineup would we want to buy if they decided to start up the production line again and start making more of them? And he also (laughs) asked to keep it attainable. It wasn't like, hey, look, McLaren is doing more P1 or Ferrari is doing more F40. He wants it to be more kind of realistic cars. And I actually thought of two. Oh, you did? I thought thought of of one. if If they started reselling them tomorrow, I would think, Okay, how do I recommend that people to go buy those? Uh, one would be actually the more I think about it, the more I think of more. But no, here, here are my two: Honda S two thousand, good, and BMW one and BMW one M. Good, yeah. I was gonna say the one M. Yeah. Oh, were you but okay? All right. You're gonna have to wait for the film. You're just gonna have to wait for it. So, yeah, just that's all we'll say about. No, no I'm not. I'm not that. saying that as a spoiler alert at all. I'm just. I, I mean, that's a car that is very cool, and they didn't make very many. And Honda S2000, we keep talking about, and yet it's been, you know, six years since the last one rolled off the line or whatever. I mean, clearly, that's a car that if they started making them tomorrow, there'd be a group of us that would go, I'd like to buy that. You know what? I'm going to add to that. The continuation car that is the Jaguar E-Type. If they brought that back out, Mm, mm. that qualifies as most people could attain it. It's not supercar status. I mean, now it yeah. is, but well, I mean, I would hope that car. what they, yeah, I would hope that what they would continue would be a series one or a series two, not the series three. I'm getting geeky in the '70s that had the nasty '70s bumpers and was just yeah, series one, bloated. definitely series one, series two. They redid that car. I agree with you. Where is the back of that line, and how do I get to the front? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, where is the sign up sheet? Uh, oh, uh, Thomas Pendergrass asks, uh, what makes cars look dated? And mm. kind of along these lines that we're talking about, why can't anyone design a modern-looking car 20 or 30 years ago? You know, if that's what they think is modern, why do we look at things dated now? Mm. I think mostly it's because we're so used to looking at it. It's old news. It's We've seen it before. The new style on the Honda whatever or the Hyundai this or that, and it's gotten crazy and okay – it's modern and new now because we have not yet seen that combination of those highlights and those lines together in this proportion. Hmm. I still think that S2000 looks fairly modern, to be honest, and it's a it clean does. design. Well, that's I mean, why. It's because it's very, very yeah. clean. We talked about that before. It's it's definitely one of those so few lines. They stopped drawing very early on. Now, you could look at it and also say <laughs> it stayed, but when the design is simple, it ages better. Yes, yes. So, Thomas, I think it's mostly because we live with them. We see these cars constantly, and so it's old news. And therefore, we don't think of it as modern. But there are a few. If you go back and really look at the proportions, I think the Nissan 300ZX that you owned, that mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't the, the Z32. Long, the Z32. Long hood. Yeah, yeah Z, the, Z32. The one from the 90s. That yeah. still looks pretty modern to my eye. It and really it, does. It really uh, does. I just, I think, wow. I mean, yeah, we've seen it. It's old news. Everybody's, you know, 
had one or driven one and, you know, we love them. But just because they've been out for so long, look at that car again. Look at the proportions. Look at the taillights. They still yeah. look yeah. unique and modern and fresh to yeah. my eye. So there's, there's a few examples that have sustained and, and passed that test of time even though we've seen them all for years and years and years, decades now. Mm, mm. But that's the main reason because, you know, the Ford Taurus from the 90s with all the swoops and ovals and all that stuff, it looked modern then, but it just didn't age well. There's too much stuff going on, and plus we've looked at it for so wasn't, long. It's like, ah. Wasn't that the one that was designed after a house slipper, though? I mean, there, there, there was one of oh, them that, that they decided to they decided to embrace – their market segment, and and actually the guy that was one of the lead designers talked about how it reminded him of a house slipper, and I thought nobody should ever have said that publicly. Wow, I, that, yeah, that's no. not good news. That that's terrible. That's an awful like, idea. It's like the it's like the guy that did the mini the mini coupe design and said he was inspired oh. by his son wearing his baseball cap backwards. You look at the car and you go, yeah, I can see that. This is not helpful. You're not you're not helping <laughs> anything. You're right. I mean, the Japanese stylists go after cool things like nature or. You know, elements from animals and sinew and lines and muscles and, you know, Baseball shark. Cap. And... Baseball cap. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Not as good. And house slipper is probably the worst. <laughs> Not as good. <laughs> you know what inspired me was when I woke up and I looked at my feet and said, you know, there's the Ford Taurus right there. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, all right. What, what else, else struck you? Got here that's good. Well, uh. Abhishek wrote in and said uh, to list cars which are communicative. Uh, he was asking this question. Now, we've, we've talked about good handling cars before. We, I feel like we've touched on this from different angles at different times. I just want to list a couple uh, that give great steering feedback and also good car information. We've, we've had a few things. The M2 is an example. We've had a few things where the car is communicative and the steering is dead. So it's kind of hard to find cars that do both. The obvious one, I know I beat on it all the time, Lotus Elise. Lotus Elise does a great job. But I submit to you as well that the FRS does a really good job. Mm-hmm. For a modern yeah. car that has electric power steering, it gives a surprising amount of feedback. Um, the, I mean, a lot of our greatest hits fit in this category. So if you've listened to the podcast, you could probably make this list at home. But, uh, but those are the first two that struck me because they, they really do both, and they're very different cars still. Well, yeah, I would add everything from the mid-engines mountains film that we did for different reasons. The Alpha mm, 4C, that's good. That's lots good. of communication yeah. going on. The Porsche Cayman, lots of stuff communicating. The first-gen Cayman, probably more communicative through its steering I rack think that's definitely the on the list. The first-gen Cayman, for sure. Yep. But, yep. but okay. So, yeah, that that's, list has got to be in there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The 4C was up there for me just as far as – yeah, stuff coming through the wheel, stuff coming through the car, everything Lotus mm-hmm. builds, <laughs> everything. The Evora, the yeah. 400. I'm really liking yeah. that car. I keep talking about it, and that 400 has now got the refinement that I've been looking for combined Very with cool. that feel. I'm pretty impressed with that car. Craig, if you're listening, the 400. You need to upgrade. We drove Craig's <laughs> white S. You need to His drive awesome. to the deal. It was awesome. The 400 is awesomer. It is. Awesomer. It is. Totally. Tonight on the Everyday Driver podcast, awesomer. It'll be more <laughs> awesomer than it's been before. Yeah. And then it's going to be funner, and then I'm going to, yeah, I have to leave. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of that, we're uh, well past an hour at this point, so we'll wrap yes. it up here. And uh, thank you again for all the questions. They're pretty awesome in here. Lots of good stuff. Yeah, we're we'll getting great ones. We're getting great ones. We we really appreciate you guys engaging with the podcast, sending in your car debates, and answering all these or sending in all these questions. Obviously, we're not going to be able to answer all of them because you guys are sending in far more car debates and questions than we can cover in our time. But please don't stop because it gives us great options and fun ones. And we are going to do that thing we did uh, before. Every time we hit a, a 100 mark of podcasts, where this is like 136, I think. Every time we yeah. hit 100 mark, we're going to do an all questions, nothing about cars ones. That's going to be a recurring thing on the podcast, which we'll get to probably about once a year now that we're doing a couple a week. So thank you for that. And if you haven't rated the podcast, many of you guys have done that of late, and it is really helping. So we'd love for you to rate and to share this podcast with others. And thank you to those of you that have done that yep have a great weekend if you're listening to this on a friday and really we really do appreciate all your support keep it coming and uh patron we haven't mentioned that in a while if you're uh so mm. inclined visit us at the patreon site on patreon.com and uh, find us there we've got hangouts and uh, a lot of other stuff kind of inside information and we're going to be revealing more about future adventures there were some questions in this round of the facebook questions about future yeah. trips in the U.S. and overseas for what we're thinking, but nothing yet is still, uh, I guess, you know, planned out enough to be able to reveal yeah. any information at this point. But things are coming. We've had such great response from you all and response from the people who attended. So both of, yeah, of uh, definitely. all of those events. Lots so more coming, but coming. just no dates and specifics yet. And that's the stuff we have to nail down before we start to go, and you know what we're doing. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have a great weekend, everybody. Cheers.